When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. Somewhat of an emergency podcast. Usually, we wait about a week before our next one. But, boy, have things changed within a matter of hours. My name is Orlando Sanchez, joined by Nate Hansen. Hopefully, Jared Cowley and Max Barr are sleeping right now. We are doing this thing at about... 12 a.m. right after the the Blazers-Pacers game. Not only do the Blazers have their four-game win streak snapped, but the bigger story, Yusuf Nurkic breaks his right wrist. The team officially calling it a fracture. Happens in the third quarter and a bit of a a freak accident. He swipes for the ball. Uh, You see him nursing his, his hand pretty quickly, but plays through it and attempts to block a shot, ends up falling on the ground and and leaning on that right side again. He gets up and basically immediately walks to the locker room. Minutes later, we get the update from the Blazers saying that it's a fracture. He's not going to play, obviously, for the rest of that game. And who knows for how long he'll be out. But it's just another case of a Portland Trail Blazers big man goes down with an injury and just a a heartbreaking night for the trailblazers and and for rip city as a whole. So Nate, I want to get your reaction to how you saw it all play out. And and ultimately when you found out that Nurkic had, had, has a broken wrist. Ultimately when we, when we found out how serious it was, it was, it was brutal. It was like a complete gut punch. If you're a blazers fan, if you're someone who's been like, I, Jared's not on this podcast because he has to work in five hours. Uh, he works early in the morning. But if for someone who's been as dedicated as Jared, I can't imagine what tonight was like. And it's not as significant, obviously, as the Nurk injury from a couple of years ago. But it is significant in the sense that the Blazers, you know, this was expected to be his first full season back for this team. And it was one of the reasons there were heightened expectations for this team was because we thought that 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 Nurk we saw in the bubble, you get that for 72 games, and you bring in the pieces that they had in the offseason, this is a team that can, can really compete, be a top three or top four team in the West. And so to have this happen again, it, it, it's tough. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to what the players and coaches, or at least Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard had to say after the game, but I think you can hear just by what they had to say that, you know, this, the fan base loves Nurk and the guys in that locker room love him even more. And they know how important he is to this team. And now to go back to just when the injury happened, when I was watching it on TV, you know, I didn't really think much of it when he walked off the court. Cause to me, it kind of reminded me of the Toronto game on Monday night 
where he kind of just left the court, you know, went to the locker room. And, yeah, he missed the rest of that game, but then we saw him come back, you know, 48, 48 hours later and put together his best game of the year. So when I saw him go to the locker room, I thought, if anything, I thought whatever he was dealing with beforehand, hopefully he didn't aggravate it. I didn't think of anything because it looked like it was kind of just like a freak accident type injury again, which is another just too bad thing with Nurk. Is he, he's already had one freak accident injury, and now – this one, like I said, not as significant, but still, he's going to miss time. And the Blazers are, are really going to miss having him out there on the floor because he was starting to turn it around a little bit for him. Yeah, that was what so much of our podcast was just <laughs> a few hours ago, is yeah. you know how excited we were to see Yusuf Nurkic kind of really get going and was coming off of his best game of the season. He was starting to come into form. He had that big fourth quarter against the Kings. There were just so many things to get excited about because we know how important he is to the team's success. When he plays well, the team, more often than not, also plays well and wins a lot of games. Yeah. So what he means to the defense, what he means for the team morale, what he means for this city who um, just loves the guy. And, <laughs> you know, we've seen – Rip City rally around him so many times when he suffered that gruesome injury and him coming back from that, like there was, there was so much spirit involved with, with making sure Nurt came back and you saw it again on, on social media tonight and just, you know, everyone kind of just praying for the best for him because they know they, they care about him, but obviously they know how important he is to this team. And so I think that's one of the things that, that stands out to me um, about Nurk is just how much of a fan favorite he is on top yeah. of how good of a player he was. And, you know, seeing uh, Damian Lillard talk tonight and sitting in on the, on the team press conference tonight and him, him saying, it's always something, man, every year. Like, that's so Portland. That, it, that exemplifies what so many people think when it comes to a big man getting hurt. Yeah. And it's, I mean – it, like I said, it just brings back a lot of bad memories for those long, dedicated fans in terms of the string of big man. But also, I mean, I'm trying to think, if you're, if you're in Nurk's position, if you're actually him, you know, you had the injury in March of 2019 where he broke his leg. You thought you were going to come back and play in March of 2020. You didn't get to because of the pandemic and then the shutdown. So then you're finally able to play in, what, late July, early August, finally get back into an NBA regular season game, finally able to play, gets back in, plays well, but the team, you know, they just, they, by the end of that season, you know, they're playing winning Gabriel key minutes. They just weren't a team at the level that they currently are in terms of talent. And so you go into this year and he's talked about it. He came in out of shape. He's obviously still dealing with some real personal struggles with whatever's going on in Bosnia. You're finally starting to probably feel better about how you're playing and, just about how everything is going, and then this happens. And the guy, he's been resilient. He's been through a lot. We know he can work through rehab and come out on the other side looking great. We saw him do it with the broken leg. But to just to be him right now and put in the type of work he's put in over the last 22 months and then to have this happen, man, that, that's, that's really tough for that guy. And along those same lines, that's what a lot of tonight's post-game press conference was about with both Dame and CJ kind of mentioning 
that balance of, of wanting to be there for your friend, for a brother, and also a teammate, but also walking that same line of he's going to need some space to go through this mentally again. And they were basically saying, just, just know that we're going to be here for you. So listen to what Damon CJ had to say right after the game. We uh, got to show our love for him, but also give him his space. Um, because it's hard to deal with, you know, the game that we love to play and something that is a part of our lives every day um, is taken away, you know, abruptly. So, um, you know, we, we always going to be here for him. We always going to show our support for him, but we got to, you know, give him his space and let him take that in. Um, and it's, you know, it's a tough thing. It comes with, with what we do and uh, it can happen at any time. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's the best thing to, to do and how we should handle it. Just trying to encourage him, but it's it's tough. There's not much you can say. I've been injured, so I know what it's like. It's mentally exhausting, physically draining. You feel disconnected. There's a lot of stuff that kind of goes through your mind, and um, especially here in a pandemic. So it's, there's a lot of other issues that you're you're facing from a, from a lifestyle standpoint. So uh, I'm sure it's tough, but he's a strong individual. And um, the, the good news is that it's just a hand injury um, as opposed to something um, worse. He's been through a lot, a lot more than um, a hand injury. So, Nate, the, the question now is looking ahead. Obviously, we don't know how long Nurk is going to be out with this injury. We don't know how severe it really is. Will he require surgery? All of these things. So instead of jumping to conclusions in terms of how long Nurk will be out, which we yeah. don't know right now, it's where do the Blazers go from here with, the current roster that they have because Terry Stotts did mention that, you know, Ennis Cantor is more than likely the starting center and yeah. that elevates Terry Giles, but there's, he's still got to look into this and, and really think about it from a game to game matchup to matchup type deal. And he also mentioned that he plans to meet with um, Neil Olshay as well to just discuss whatever options they do have roster wise so Nate where do you think the Blazers go from here I I mean clearly and the Ennis Cantor has to slide into the starting role um and you're gonna have to ask him to to be the best he's ever been on both ends of the floor I think you can argue the Blazers got that out of him when they made that run to the Western Conference Finals he wasn't great he probably wasn't even average defensively but he he was he was average on enough possessions that the Blazers could play him in those big moments. And that's what they need from him uh, moving forward because there's a reason he didn't play in the fourth quarter of the Sacramento game on Wednesday night. It was because they needed defense and they didn't trust him in that situation. Obviously, Yusuf Nurkic was the better player to go with. But Ennis Cantor, we know what he can do offensively. He's going to get some boards. He's going to get some points with some increased minutes. It's just going to be about, you know – with this Blazers team, when they go to the next level, it's because of what they do on the defensive end. They are a good offensive team. We already know that. We talked about that 11 hours ago on the last <laughs> podcast. Still recommend people listen to it. There's yeah, some there's, good there's, stuff in there. Good stuff. The Nurk stuff you might want to skip past because it may just make you feel bad. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're praising the man. Yep. And, but So to me, it's going to fall on Ennis Cantor. And then here's Terry Giles' opportunity. Uh, we talked in the preseason, especially because, you know, he got a lot of minutes in the preseason and fans were getting hyped. It's like, well, that's great, but he, there's no minutes for him 
you know, with the current iteration of, of players Terry Stotts had available to him. Now he's going to get his opportunity. He's going to, we're going to be able to see what Harry Giles can, can bring to this team because he's probably going to have to play unless they add another player. You know, he's probably in line for 15 to 20 minutes a night moving forward at least. And so I'm interested to see what he can do to see what his athleticism, what athleticism he can bring to that position, how he plays defensively and offensively. We just haven't really seen enough of him. We've only really seen him for the most part in mop-up time uh, this year. So young player, uh, he was, you know, a first round pick a few years ago. So obviously a guy with a lot of potential. It's just a matter of can the Blazers be the team to unlock that potential or not. And this is going to be his chance to prove not only to the Blazers, but to the rest of the league that he belongs. And in a way, it's good to have a guy with that type of chip on their shoulder coming in and doing this. So we'll see what they can do. The other thing that this made me think of tonight was, you know, Zach Collins, mm. because the Blazers in the offseason, we're talking about hopefully he'll be back in January, middle of January. Look, look. Look at the time we are right now. We're in the middle of January. And so Zach Collins had the surgery two, three weeks ago at the very end of December on his ankle again that, you know, it's going to keep him out indefinitely. But now you really wish you had Zach Collins available on this team. So I remember there were discussions privately between me and Jared, you know, if they have, you know, Zach Collins, that's like at least a 10-man rotation, if not an 11-man rotation. How are you going to get these guys minutes? And then one thing that always crept in our heads is like, you know, it's better to have too many players than not enough players because injuries happen. Things like this happen. And so you kind of wish Zach Collins was available for the Blazers, but he's not. So it's going to come down to Ennis Cantor, hopefully finding a little bit of that magic he found during the playoff run. And then we're going to see what Harry Giles has. And for the Blazers' sake, hopefully he's a guy who can really fill in and play those minutes. Depth was such a huge topic at the beginning of the year. And right out of the gate, here we are. We're going to see just how much depth this team has, and it's going to be put yeah. to the test right now. I do like Giles getting this opportunity. I mean, he's hungry. He's going to play hard. I, here it is. It's right there for you. Have you been putting in the work? Have you been working hard? And now your, your, your number is being called. Will, will you step up? This is his moment right now uh, for Harry Giles. And, you know, Dame kind of mentioned that, that, you know, he's been working hard behind the scenes. And this kind of comes at a good time where you're going to get rewarded. You're going to get a taste of it after working so hard because sometimes you can go through a season with a player like him in a role like that where you're working hard all the time and you never get that opportunity and you kind of just fade. And yeah. so Giles will now have that chance um, in terms of timing. Dame said it, it, it's good for, for Giles. And I guess the other silver lining is that we've seen Ennis do this before. Yeah. We've seen Ennis Cantor actually fill in that role and actually succeed and yeah. excel. Now that's a tough ask to say, hey, can you do that again? Yeah, but, no. <laughs> but at least you're getting that, that opportunity there uh, for him. And I think that's a big reason why all of us were fans of them bringing back Ennis Canner in the trade this offseason was it was a guy who 
the Blazers were familiar with, and he was familiar with the Blazers. In case this situation happened again, you knew he'd be you knew he'd be a great backup center option for you if you're the Blazers. You knew he was a guy you can count on to give you 20 minutes a night. He's going to get you 10 points, 10 rebounds. You knew you can count on bank it. But you also knew at least you have history with this guy that if he does need to step up and fill in for Nurkic, he's done it once before. You're right. It's a big ask to do it a second time again. But we'll see what they can do. And this team, the other aspect about this is this team can't afford to, to you know, kind of fall behind the pack in terms of letting this injury affect them in terms of winning and losing moving forward. They lost tonight to the Pacers, which you and I both predicted correctly 11 hours ago on the last pop. We did predict (laughs) that correctly. Uh, Pat on the back for both of us. But we also said they're going to win their next three games uh, against the Hawks, Spurs, and Grizzlies. And you can't can't let this injury, uh, you know, derail you from going and taking care of the task at hand. And I still think the Blazers, even without Yusuf Nurkic, are better than all three of those teams that they're going to play in these upcoming yeah. three games. And so they need to they need to get some wins and stay where they are in the Western Conference. They're currently seven and five, hanging right around that four or five seed area in the Western Conference. And they need to stay there. And hopefully, at some point, they'll get Nurk back, and they can get him back into the fold. And then you know they can kind of finish off the year. Uh, with the team that they'll take into the postseason. That's kind of, I think, for the season outlook, that's how you got to look at it if you're a Blazers fan. Yeah, it, it doesn't change the fact that they have a lot of winnable games coming up, including six home games in a yeah. row. Yeah, uh, It is so important that they take care of these games. And that was with or without Nurkic at this point. And so it's going to be tough from a mental and emotional standpoint for this team to, I don't want to say put it behind them, but compartmentalize that when they get back out on the court, they've got to be able to produce and they can't let Nurkic's injury affect everything that they do and have that hanging over their head because they're still in it, as you mentioned, Nate. I mean, and they're in in a decent spot thanks to that four game win streak. And it made me think, Nate, I, I, uh, this is something that I know that we've, we've talked about a little bit, but you also have Robert Covington who has played the center position. I mean, I know this is going small ball, but we have seen glimmers of the Blazers being successful when they've gone small. What do yeah. you think about the potential of that? I mean, it, I think it's something Terry Stoss will probably be more open to doing, depending. It's going to be totally dependent on who they're playing. You know, a team like Indiana tonight, where you have Miles Turner and Devonta Sabonis playing together, yeah. you're not going to go small with Robert Covington as your five. But you play Toronto, like they did the other night on Monday night, and Chris, Chris Boucher is, for the most part, hanging out on the three-point line, then, yeah, you'll, you'll take that risk and go small. And we saw it work for him in the Toronto game. And I think it definitely will be something Terry Stotts considers moving forward because you still, you want your best players out there on the floor. And now without Yusuf Nurkic, Robert Covington suddenly becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. And he was important to this team to begin with, but he's going to be more in the mix now. And we'll have to see what he has for the Blazers. He's another guy who's been, 
I feel has been getting better as the season goes on. I thought he and Nurk were kind of on the same path. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how he plays now, now with Nurk out and probably having to bear a little more responsibility, especially on the defensive end on the floor, because it's going to be a team effort. Like if you're putting Ennis Cantor in there, he's not as good of a defender as Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic, we've talked about, it, is the anchor of that mm-hmm. defense. He's what makes everything go when it's going well. And you're subbing that in with Ennis Cantor. It's got to be a team effort to help Ennis. It can't just be on Ennis to make up for the Nurk. It's got to be Dame, CJ. We've seen both of those guys picking pockets so far this year, disrupting passing lanes. And it's got to be Rocco and Derek Jones Jr. as well, and Gary Trent, and even Carmelo Anthony. All these guys who are playing 25-plus minutes a night, they've all got to be involved. This has got to be a team effort on the defensive end. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how Terry Stotts handles this because now he's going to be earning his paycheck in terms of just managing the, the rosters and the lineup that he's putting out there on a night-to-night basis because he is going to have to make significant adjustments night-to-night based yeah. on, the, on the opponent. And so this is definitely a, a, a committee that, that has to get this done. It's not just, all right, Ennis, <laughs> be Nurkic, because it doesn't work that way. So, but I, I do think that there is reason to still be optimistic as a Blazers fan, even if it is just based on the fact that you have a favorable schedule ahead. Exactly. Uh, they have a favorable schedule ahead, and they're still a good team. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did lose Yusuf Nurkic, and I'm not trying to downplay that. He's, he's a difference maker for them. He's, he's the difference between them being, you know, a 6, 7, 8 seed or them being a 2, 3, or 4 seed in the West. It's Yusuf Nurkic. But you could still, I think, be a playoff level team without him. And like I said, you just kind of you just gotta keep sailing during this time. You know, just keep afloat. Keep in the hunt. And then hopefully you get good news on Nurk. And he can come back sooner rather than later. And then you can get everyone back again and then go full steam ahead. This team certainly has the ability to do so. Uh, they got we know they got great leadership. Dame and CJ are playing incredible right now so i i think i think they'll be able to get through this it'll just be more difficult than they would like it to be yeah i think that's a a good way to put a bow on this somewhat of an emergency podcast but once again yusuf nurkic breaking his right wrist and will be out for the foreseeable future as soon as we get more information on the status of the injury or anything Blazers related, make sure to check out KGW.com as well as your boy on TV on KGW. We will have the very latest, but as we sign off at, uh, you know, 1230, Nate, uh, a job well done. Hopefully this is a, 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 an opportunity for Blazers fans to uh, deal with this together. Cause I know yeah. it's, it's such a bummer and, the one, the one thing that is good about it is that, you know, you have a lot of people in it together that can talk this through and, and go through a lot of the things that they're feeling as well. And so hopefully this was a bit of that tonight. But we'll go ahead and sign off. Nice work tonight, Nate. Let's run this back in a week or so and Let's see how the Portland Trailblazers do then. Let's actually wait a week now. <laughs> Let's not have to record a podcast 11 hours after we recorded the last one. Let's actually wait a week. Which, speaking of the last podcast, there's still some good stuff in there, people. Still some good stuff. So I encourage you to listen to it. 
And as you would say, Orlando, subscribe, people, if you haven't subscribed already. I love it. I love it. Please subscribe and make sure to uh, give us those positive reviews. We love it. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you guys next time. For Nate and I doing this thing socially distanced on Zoom. Take it easy, Ripsy.